Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast, where we empower, educate, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I am your host, Corinthian Carruthers II, and thank you for listening. I am a licensed beauty educator, licensed cosmetologist, and natural hair culturist. I am co-owner of Creative Hair School of Cosmetology and creator of Natural Hair Education, where I guide, teach, and coach beauty school students and professional stylists on their path towards mastering and increasing their value and income in natural hair care and braiding. On this platform, we will discuss real hair stories, break myths, and grow in self-love. This episode is brought to you by Natural Hair Education's Texture on Texture Styling Course. This styling course is a virtual educational experience. Learn how to properly detangle the hair. Learn how to do coils, flat twists, two-strand twists, and an updo all on naturally textured hair. In this program, you will receive Ada, which is Natural Hair Education's first texture hair mannequin. And listen, she is the real deal, okay? So once you get your hands on her, you'll be able to learn these different types of skills as well as improve your own skills, increase your service time, and overall, increase your income. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Natural Hair Education. Today's episode is a little different However, I think you will appreciate it. I wanted to do this episode because I felt that I could connect with this particular person. There's not too many African-American women that are in the beauty school space. And when I learned that Consuela Carrie was a beauty school owner, I thought that the conversation would be interesting and I wanted to share it with my audience. Now, before I bring her on, let me share a little bit more about Consuela. Consuela Carey is the owner of Affordable Styles Hair Salon in Baltimore, Maryland, and CC's Beauty Institute in Richmond, Virginia. She has over 30 years of experience in the beauty industry. At a young age, five years old to be exact, Consuela knew she wanted to be a hairstylist. By the age of 10, she charged family and friends to do their hair, and at the age of 16, she was working as an apprentice at a hair salon in her hometown, Farmville, Virginia. She graduated from Delhi Beauty School in Baltimore, Maryland, and during her studies there, she competed in hair competitions, received numerous trophies, and certificates for being an outstanding stylist. She also graduated from Morgan State University, with the BS in Family and Consumer Sciences in Baltimore, Maryland. She's also received her master's degree in education from Cambridge College in Boston. Consequella is a certified Family and Consumer Science teacher with over 16 years of public school teaching and experience. She incorporates her college education into her cosmetology career. Consequella is a beauty educator and platform artist. She can be seen on stages at hair shows such as the Bonner Brothers in Atlanta and professional development classes for hairstyling and entrepreneurs. Consequella holds license in four states, Maryland, Virginia, Georgia, and North Carolina. At her beauty school, CC's Beauty Institute, she teaches her students all about financial literacy, business management, sew-ins, colors, relaxers, retail, braid, marketing, natural hair styling, barbering, nails, and skincare. CC's Beauty Institute prepares students to be successful in the beauty industry and become a licensed cosmetologist. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Here is Consuela Carey. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Consuela. 
Carrie, how are you? I'm great. Good. Thank you for being here with us today. I'm so excited to have you on and learn about everything that you got going on. You got so many things about yourself that I want to tap into and just learn more about. But in the meantime, can you share with us who you are and what you do? Hi, everyone. My name is Conscola Carey, and I am the owner of CC's Beauty Institute, LLC. It's a beauty school located in Richmond, Virginia, where you can receive your cosmetology license and go to state board, take the exam. So it's not like a continued education. It's the actual cosmetology license program. I am also the owner of Affordable Styles Hair Salon located in Baltimore, Maryland. And in Baltimore, my salon basically caters to salon and we selling hair, relaxers, cuts, um, office silk press. So basically hair care and, um, and I shampoo hair. So all of my clients get their hair shampooed. That's a lost art that a lot of people don't do. I promote right. hair care to the fullest. And so basically that's what I do. I started my career at a young age in cosmetology. I was about 15 when I started in the salon. But prior to that, I did hair in the house. I started doing hair in the house like in fifth grade, to be honest. And I'm 46 now, just to give you a time frame. And I did hair under an apprenticeship in high school. But I just felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted from that. So from there, I graduated from high school and I moved to Maryland because I grew up in Virginia. I moved to Maryland in Baltimore, which is about four hours away from my hometown. And I went to Dudley Beauty School. Dudley Beauty School is like the Harvard of <laughs> beauty schools from my era. So I've learned a lot there. From Dudley's, I went on to get my cosmetologist license in the 90s. And after I received my cosmetologist license, just to give you a quick overview, I'm going to go get into a whole speech. But after I received my cosmetologist license, I still knew I wanted to go to college. So from there, I went to Morgan State University to receive my bachelor's degree in family and consumer sciences. From that point, I did hair the whole time I was in college, full time. And I went to school 18 credits per semester, full time. And during that time, I, I joined the sororities, Eight to Five Beta Sorority Incorporated. So I did my sororities hair while I was in college, other classmates, other people. So the hair money took care of me in college. So I wasn't that broke college student who was eating oodles and noodles. I was going out to eat and was able to go to the parties and pay my friends way in. Like I, you know, hair took care of me. So I tell everybody, if you ever want a quick, a quick trade that's going to pay you well before you go into another career or anything, cosmetology is that thing. So anyway, I thought at one point that cosmetology was just going to be something to fall back on. I was like, oh, I'm getting my degree. I went into the school system to be a teacher. So I'm a family consumer science teacher, which is home economics. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to become a principal. I'm going to be making six figures as a principal. I'm just going to do hair until I finish my master's. Well, I finished my master's. And then what I made a week doing hair was more than what my teacher paycheck was every two weeks, even though I had a master's. Then I still continued. I continued to juggle both. I ended up opening my own salon. And after opening my own salon, it was a struggle just trying to keep your doors open because when you open a new business, it can be a struggle. So, and I have a, you know, a child, so I needed to keep him in short. 
with health insurance. So I continued to teach for a long time and juggle hair. And then finally, teaching just became stressful. For anybody who know anything about the education system, it's a stressful job. And doing hair is not stressful. So I said, you know, I really want my own school. So that's what I focus on. I, I put myself on a program for the last three years where I live off of the teacher salary and the hair money. I pretended like I didn't have that extra job. So I saved almost all of the hair money and then paid bills off to get out of debt, purchased a home. And then I said, okay, I'm done with teaching. I got everything I needed from that job. It's stressful. Let me go ahead and open my own school and teach at my own school. So that's what I did. I started my school um, and it's rewarding so far. Um, I don't, I, I'm just in a new phase of it, but I'm loving it. Recruiting is fun and challenging at the same time, but I'm ready for the challenge. That's awesome. You have so much, so many things I want to talk about. Let's go back. Let's go back to when you were in fifth grade. Okay. <laughs> so you were, so you started doing hair at a young age. Was there someone around you that influenced you? Like, how did that, how did you get that interest to spark? What was the thing for you that drew you to hair? I would just say the thing that drew me to hair was, I just liked it. I did my doll's hair. I had, a, I'm an only child. So I had a lot of dolls, a lot of Barbie dolls. And I was, when you're only child, you talk to yourself a lot and you do things that other children probably don't do because they have siblings. So I used to have like, 15, 20, 30 Barbie dolls, and they will have a theme. So I'm surprised it didn't become a filmmaker because I would actually write out like a whole play, a whole theme. Each person had a name. Each person had their own voice. I do voices. So I would do their hair and they would go out. So I get them dressed up for whatever event that they were going to go to and they would get dressed up and they would go to this event and each one would have their own hairstyle. And then that's what I would do. You definitely sound very creative. Like you have a lot of creativity. That is Yeah, so that's what I did. And then I used to do my friend's hair. And then it was middle school where I think I really figured out, okay, this is what I want to do. We had a girl at my school and she was biracial. So her mom was white and she didn't know how to take care of her hair. And the kids would pick on her because she had a really big afro. So I said, well, you can come spend a night in my house and I'll do your hair. That was my first makeover. So we wore about the same size clothes. Uh, I didn't even ask my mom because she spent a night. I just bought her. Because back then, you didn't need permission slips to get on another school bus. So she just came home and spent the night. My mom came home. Whose child is that here? So I did her hair. I pressed it. And I gave her one of my outfits to wear the next day. So she had her whole makeover. I gave her. It was a new outfit that I had never worn. So I gave her an outfit and I did her hair. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And then... Dudley's, where I went to the beauty school, had an infomercial on BT every weekend. I don't know if you're familiar with how BT used to do Teen Summit mm-hmm. on yep. Saturdays. Okay, so after Teen Summit would be like the HBCU um, yeah. infomercial, and then it would be Dudley's. So I would sit oh. down Saturday and watch all of it, and I would watch Dudley's, and I was fascinated with the infomercials, and I used to say, I want to go there. So I just continued to do my friend's hair through high school. I charged. Finger Waves was popular back in the day. to charge $15. And I was like in middle school. But then when tracks came out, with Finger Wave and the tracks, I had a cousin in Baltimore. And I would stay in Baltimore for the summer. She used to Finger Wave tracks. And I watched her and I learned. So then I came back home to Virginia and I was Finger Waving tracks. 
And I used to charge 45. That was my price for everything with hair, Ed. It was 45. 45. <laughs> and I was the only person in the town at the time who could finger away tracks and do the big burl curl ponytails. And I would bring the hair back from Baltimore with me because we didn't have a beauty supply store in my town at the time. So that's pretty much, it's been my first love for a long time. I can tell. So let me ask you this question because, um, and I'm sure you have a beauty school. You're going to start getting a lot of students in there and they're going to be, you know, sharing their stories with you. Like, well, I want to do this, but my family don't really have my support or my parents telling me I should go to college, but this is what I want to do. Did you have any of those moments? Did you have those moments where there was people around you that kind of, Sean, try to talk down about the industry that you were entering? All the time. Um, oh. Neither one of my parents, <laughs> neither one of my parents went to college. And um, they actually had a hard time finishing school because of my town. Um, and it was called the, the Prince Edward County School Closing where Blacks weren't allowed to go to school. So my mom missed a long portion of her schooling. And my dad, he didn't even graduate. He just got his GED as an adult. So when I graduated from high school, I was pregnant by the way, my senior year, I was pregnant with my son. So I didn't have anybody to guide me in a direction. But I knew I wanted to go to hair school. So I had to figure it out. So when I finally decided to go to hair school, my mom said, well, hair not really um, a real job because all the hairstylists I know, they be struggling. And I think you should do something else. So anyway, I went to hair school. So she was supportive to me going. When I finished hair school, went to college, she was happy about that. So when I finished college and I started teaching. And one time my teaching job got real stressful and I quit and moved to Atlanta. And my mom said, you quit that good job. And I moved to Atlanta with no job. And I, but I, have, I bought a house before I moved. And she said, so I said, I'm going to just do hair. So, you know, I'll find another job later. And she said, hair is not a real job. And she will always say that. And so when I'm, then I moved to Baltimore later on and I opened up my salon there. And I quit my teaching job again because every time they would get on my nerves at work real bad, I said, okay, you know what? I'm taking a year or two off. So I quit. And my mom would say, what you going to do about benefits? You need to focus on teaching. And even this time, this time I think um, I can't see me going back anytime soon because I'm too in love with this freedom. And hair is just better for me now than it's ever been. But my mom finally realized, I think, when I bought this house and she see everything that I have. I think the things that I have, you can't get that from teaching because it don't pay enough money. Okay. <laughs> so the lifestyle that I live, you can't get that from teaching. So I think she finally realized like, and I've even had people throw shade sometimes. How you afford that? You, you know, how you get that blah, 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 whatever. You're just a teacher. I'm like, hello, I have a whole hair salon. Or they'll call my salon a side hustle. And I'm like, no, it's not mm. a side hustle. Yes. And I even had a guy one time, I met this guy, this was years ago when I was younger. And this is before I had a degree. And he had his degree. He's the only date women that's educated. You're just a hairstylist. Wow. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because he, I see him on social media and I have a bigger house than him and his wife put together. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, okay, you taught me I'm just a hairstylist. And I'm, I'm doing my thing. So, and I tell people when they say that, I'm like, you have to understand once one day in the salon, one good Saturday in the salon is more than my teacher paycheck. And I show that to my, during my orientation and during my recruiting, I show that to 
the students, and then even when I give classes for cosmetology to licensed stylists, I let them see. This is I have a picture of my teacher paycheck. And I said, do you see how much I bought home every two weeks? And then I showed them my style seat printout from doing hair, three sew-ins. And I do three sew-ins on one day and I sell the hair. It's more than a teacher paycheck. See? So just three sew-ins on one day that take me about six or seven hours to do. In seven hours, I've made more money doing hair than I'm going to make teaching in two whole weeks. And I'm trying to tell you, this is this is what the industry really don't know. People outside looking in, those who don't really understand the hair industry or the hair business. When I, before, well, the reason why I did not want to get into this industry is because I thought that hairstyles didn't make money. So that's showing me away right there. I'm like, oh no, I am not about to get in this industry. I went to school anyway. School. My parents had a school. So I, you know, I went on and did the program. And I tell our students, I have not had a nine to five since I went to hair school. <laughs> like I have not had an outside job because hair can actually take care of you and your family. So I'm a full witness to that. I agree with what you're saying. So tell me about your experience at Dudley. Um, so we don't have a school. Well, Dudley, I think Dudley, we're in the South, right? South and East. But, um, from North, when they had a DC location, uh-huh. Baltimore location closed. And then they had between North Carolina to Miami, but to Florida, between North Carolina to Florida, they used to have about 13 or 14 locations. Okay. And then they had a Chicago. And they had a really Chicago. big school in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. I'm not sure if Chicago was still open, but Chicago was the thing. You well, know, that yeah. was their large. Besides their North Carolina headquarters, Chicago was one of their larger schools. Wow. Here in Michigan, I'm in Michigan, and we didn't have a Dudley's here, but I remember remember always hearing about Dudley's beauty and like even using the products here at the well at the old school when we were at a different location we would use Dudley products and we would go to the bottom brother shows and see the Dudley students so it was always like Dudley was like the thing but how did you enjoy your experience there what's something that you feel that you've learned in cos school that well I should say in in Dudley's beauty school that you probably wouldn't have got anywhere else well, before I went to Dudley's, I went to a, a, like two different beauty schools and it just didn't hold my attention. Dudley's was a family. It was kind of like going to an HBCU. I mean, I couldn't have asked for two better experiences back to back. When I went to Dudley's, I was broken. Like, I get emotional too when I think about it. I was so broken, like, because I went to high school and I had, oh, you're making me get emotional when I think about Dudley's. I had high school teachers who didn't believe in me. Um, they told me I wasn't college. I had a goddess council time. I wasn't college material and everything. So when I went to Dudley's, they, I knew how to do hair because you know, I'm naturally gifted. They constantly praised me on how gifted I was. I received so many awards at Dudley's. They motivated me to be in competitions. I traveled with them. We did hair shows everywhere. They introduced me to doing expos. So our awesome. first expo was for Sister Only. Um, I was one of the leading student stylists at Sisters Only. And that's when, I, so when I graduated, I started doing those same expos because Dudley's introduced me to it. They introduced me to platform artistry, how to work on a platform. They constantly brought educators in from all over the country to teach us how to do different styles. And I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be a hair educator. So 
my whole experience there, like I said, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it, was so amazing. I mean, I don't know if I would be still doing hair if I didn't go to Dudley's because the other beauty schools that I went to before Dudley's, they just had you working on a mannequin, preparing, you know, the one on state board roller set. Yeah. They didn't leave you inspired. I believe Dudley's because he would bring in guest speakers and motivational speakers. He would physically come in himself. He would fly into Baltimore and he would sit down. He'll sit right beside you and talk to you just like he your grandfather and your uncle or something and just share so much knowledge. So I left Dudley's. I went straight into the salon. They placed me at a salon, Access Hair Salon. It was at Mondawmin Mall. And that was a nurturing environment as well. So what I with the place I was in life, that's exactly what I needed. So and it just really taught me how to mentor, how to be a leader. And I just couldn't imagine my cosmetology career without that experience. Yeah, it sounds like it was a beautiful experience. Um, that's one thing that I really enjoy about owning a beauty school, especially with my family. I feel that, you know, we've been through a whole lot together trying to build this business and you see the students come in and they, they look like us, you know, they, um, we understand their situation and we understand their trouble. And we try to give them that hope and inspiration because I feel like, honestly, for me, beauty school wasn't, it was, yeah, you, you go to school to learn how to do hair, but it should also be a transformational experience that you have as a person. You know, you learn how to be professional. You learn, um, I mean, you learn so much more, even about yourself. You learn about your patience level. You learn a lot. And I, I feel like, I don't know how all beauty schools are, but I know Dudley was an amazing school. And I just pray that our school gets to that level, you know, to where it's like, okay, creative hair school, they're like a a Dudley's up and coming. That is a goal for us. Um, But however, I do, I do know that you are certified family and consumer science teacher. How have you incorporated that into your teaching with your cosmetology school? Well, the family consumer Sciences, um, economic and personal finance is a large portion of the curriculum and life skills is a large portion. So mm-hmm. pretty much I teach my students and even when, before I open a school with teaching hairstylists, financial literacy is important, value taxes, you know, manage your money, save your money. Don't spend the money before you make the money. You know, you have some stylists, they make $2,000 a day, they're going straight to the Gucci store, you know. No, you have to save the money. You have to put yourself on payroll. So, and even with teaching virtually, when COVID happened, through family consumer science as a teacher, I had to do the Google Classroom. I basically took that knowledge and incorporated it into my own school. And that's the platform that I'm using for the online part of our school. We're using Google Classroom. And I would have never had that knowledge if I did not, you know, teach in a public school first. And also when I submitted my application to open my beauty school, I submitted my application late August. It was approved the first week of November. And most people said they never heard of anybody getting approved that fast for a beauty school. But what I did is just took all the lesson planning that I did as a teacher, even though they used to tell me my lesson plans is wrong, reject me and Oh, do it over. But I just took everything that I learned from being a teacher and put it all into creating my application and my curriculum for my own school. 
That is awesome. Congratulations to you again. One thing I do want to say is if you notice there, you can find a salon quite often, but you can't find too many beauty schools. And to be black owned, female woman, beauty school owner, I think that is amazing. I know how much work it takes. I know how much time and effort and just compliance, all the things that you're doing, I understand your work and that's a big accomplishment. So congratulations to you. I have a couple more questions. There's so much about you that I'm trying to learn. Your salon, let's talk about Affordable Styles Hair Salon. How did that come about? How did you decide, why did you decide to open up your own salon? Because one thing I do want to say is, well, now they have salon suites, but working in a salon and having the camaraderie of the different people in there and you just paying out a weekly fee, um, I feel like that is, that's a good space for a hairstylist. And then when you move on to become a hair salon owner, you have more overhead, you know, like you have more expenses because now you have to cover for all the other things. I just want to know, like, what was your thought process behind opening the salon? Was it for um, financial freedom? Was it for just to give other girls a place to come and, you know, learn and connect with and things like that? What was your purpose for opening your own salon? My purpose was I didn't even know I was going to open a salon, to be honest. I was teaching and I was in a principal certification, assistant principal certification program because I was working on trying to get my assistant principal certification. Well, the director of the assistant principal program was just so rude to me all the time. And it wasn't that many Black people in the program. And he was just giving me a hard time. I couldn't get an internship for my principalship. Like I just, nobody, every principal I called told me no. So then I was, I had gotten fired from a school I was teaching at in DC. I had the flu and they said I missed too many days and they fired me through text message. Wow. So doing it. So that's why I'm in a principal certification program. And then at the same time I was in that program, I went to start working at a salon. I was booth renting. I didn't have any clientele and I, I just left the commission salon. Because it was drama there, you know, working with all the stylists, it was drama. And I don't only fit in with a lot of people. I'm in my own league. Like, I don't beef with people, but sometimes they beef with me and I'm not even beefing with them. So I left that salon and I'm like, okay, I don't have a daytime job. I don't have a salon job. So I booth rented at the salon. So I didn't have clientele. And she said to me, well, since you don't have any clientele, I'm going to start your booth rent off really cheap. So I started off like $85 a week. I made Fly, I made like 5,000 flyers. I borrowed the money from my uncle. I think it was like 250 for 5,000 flyers, something like that. When they made the flyers, I went outside and I passed out. Flyers at clubs when the club let out. Putting them on people's cars. I paid some homeless people to help me pass out flyers. I mean, I, I passed them out everywhere. Went out through the neighborhood where the salon was. And I was, so people were charging 250 for sewings and $300 at that time in Baltimore. So I was doing sewings for 125 so I was like, sewing, and I could do sewings fast. This is when everybody was doing leave out. So I could do a leave out sewing in an hour. So, and they was you still using the beauty supply store hair, you know, the pack hair. That hair, you can sew that hair in fast because the weft, you stick the needle yes. straight through it. So I was knocking them out in an hour. So everybody was like, oh, and I had just moved from Atlanta. Oh, the stylist just moved here from Atlanta. She's doing 75. The word got out really fast. I was doing like three, four sewings a day. And I was charging like 35 for a shampoo and style. So I was just 
And then I think my relaxers was like 45. I was like really affordable. So everybody was coming to me. One day, the owner came up to me. And the way it was supposed to work, I think I was supposed to pay 85 the first month. And the second month, my boyfriend was supposed to go up to like 100. Then the third month, it was supposed to go to like 125. It was something like that. Then the fourth month, it was supposed to go to like 150. But I wasn't supposed to get the 250 to like eight months later or something like that. I have been working in her shop for about, I think I started in January and it was March. She came over to me one day and she said, you did a lot of weeds this week. She said, your rent will be 250 starting Friday. And it was like Wednesday. And then it was other people in the salon who never paid her 85 a week. They gave her what they wanted to. They were behind. And these people had been working with her for years. And I said, so I don't be paying more boyfriend than anybody else in the salon. So I went on Craigslist. That's when Craigslist was popping and saw that I could rent my own building for like $1,000 a month. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get her $250 a week. And nobody else in here paying that. And then, so I was like, it's going to be between that or salon suite. So back then, salon suite is making you sign like a two-year contract. So I didn't want to do that. So I got in my car and just drove around, looked for buildings that was available. And I said, but I want to find something that's already a salon because I don't have the money to do construction. So I found like three salons that went out of business. I found one where the furniture was still in it. But um, I then I found this other location where the people left. They took everything. I had an uncle who do home improvement. I got my tax return. And my student refund check, you know, when you're in grad school, you get that refund check. So I just went on and checked. I wanted the full refund check. So I took the money from my um, tax return and the money from my grad school refund and opened my salon. And I didn't even plan it. It was like March. I said, you know what? Because it was close to, I remember it was around Easter. And then by Mother's Day, my salon was officially open. And I left. And I, you know, it was no hard feelings. I just said, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm leaving. I'm opening my own salon. Wow. Wow. You are yeah. so, you are such a hard worker. I can tell you are such a hard worker. You're so committed and to your whole process, to everything that you do. And I know that you have a passion for hair because everything keeps bringing you back to hair. Everything keeps bringing you back to having your own, your own salon, your own school, which is amazing. Now, I do want to touch on something that's a little bit off of the subject. Now, I know you have a child, a little bit of um, autism, and being an entrepreneur, you're a full-time entrepreneur. You have a beauty school, you have a salon, and you have a child that you have to care for. How are you doing all of this? Like, how are you able to be all the things that this life is requiring you to be? Well, I have a schedule that I follow. Like, I have a calendar. Everything is written out, what I do for each day. Um, He has acting lessons on Monday nights. So I know Monday nights, okay, I can't have anything planned during that time. And I don't allow anybody in my personal space who stress me out. Brother, it's dating. Like I took long breaks from dating because I don't want that any distraction. So I, my son is 27, but he's developmentally delayed. But he's talented. He's a musician. He plays an instrument and he sings and he likes the performing arts. But I constantly have to redirect him and I have to monitor him. Like he can do a lot of things on his own. He knows how to catch transportation. He have, you know, the disability transportation. So he know how to go to the movies on his own. 
He's taking classes right now at the community college. So he can do a lot of things independently with guidance. But I just lay out a schedule. And this is how I operate straight from my calendar. Like everything has to be done. Like even like my friends, like I'm having a gender reveal. That's on my hair schedule. On, so guys. I already know, okay, I have to take the last client at one so I can get to the gender reveal at four. So anything that's going on, I just put it all in my schedule. My son had a Christmas concert. So then I made sure I finished the last client in time to make it to his Christmas concert. So it's just a matter of being organizing and scheduling things. Awesome. So that's that's awesome. You say calendar, girl, listen, I live by calendars too. Like I have to have, I need to see everything that I'm doing for the week. I get it. I feel like it keeps you so much more organized. Um, So you've had a lot of major success in your life with everything that you've done. It's, It's it's like whatever, whenever there's a hurdle or has been a hurdle, you found a way to get past it, whether you're jumping over, crawling under, going around it, you persevere and and, and, and and have accomplished a lot, which is amazing. So we are now in 2022. And is there anything else that you're looking to do or accomplish? What type of, let's see, what type of styles are you specializing in? Give it to me. What I, is I specialize, it? <laughs> I do shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, like pixie cuts, but I specialize in doing weaves. So what I'm going to accomplish this year is recruiting, recruiting students, building my program. That's my main focus, trying to fundraise. I want to be able to take my students to hair shows the way I went to hair shows. We used to fundraise at Dudley's. And so the, even as a teacher, I fundraised a lot to be able to take my students on college tours. So that's what I mainly want to do, fundraise and recruit. And I want to awesome. offer scholarship, four scholarships so far. I want to be able to give more scholarships this year. So that's awesome. No, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. The scholarships come in handy, <laughs> help students pursue their dreams. Um, and one last thing I want to ask you is, so in, within your school, um, you're teaching all aspects of cosmetology. Uh, well, as far as cosmetology, but we, I don't have a nail program right now, mm-hmm. and I don't have like a barbering program, but my cosmetology program will cover nails. They will not just learn the basic manicure, and they're going to learn how to do tips and apply acrylic and gel nails. They're also going to learn weaving. So most beauty schools don't really get into the hair weaving. But if you leave me and you can't sew weaving, it's just because you don't have any skills. It won't be, <laughs> right. it won't be my fault. Um, they have a, I have a barber educator coming in in February to teach them the basics of barbering and then um, makeup. I have a student teacher working with me, who yeah. she went to school for makeup and now she's working on her cosmetologist license. She worked for Mac as one of their managers as well, so she'll be teaching them makeup portion. So they'll be learning details about makeup. Awesome. So they're gonna they're gonna learn about estheticians. So when they leave that they have options where they can become a cosmetologist. They just wanna say, hey, I'm on a barber, they can do that. Mm-hmm. They wanna just get into skincare and do facials, they can do that. They Absolutely. wanna do makeup, be a makeup artist, they can do all of it if they want to. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of this business. And so how is your um, natural hairstyling? Like, do you teach any of that? And do the students, do you do any clients that are natural? And how, you know, how is your outlook on that? Well, I am a licensed cosmetologist, so I can do everything. As far as natural hair, I do silk press. 
Okay. And then, of course, most of my weave clients are natural, but I don't do lock maintenance or two strand twists or anything of that nature, but my students will learn. So I will awesome. actually, one of my students is a natural hairstylist who's coming to get her cosmetologist license. Mm -hmm. She's That's a braider good. and she do lock maintenance. So I will bring in natural hair care specialists to teach them that portion of it as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it was good having this conversation with you. Is there anything you want to share or leave with the audience? Of course, let us know where we can find you at. Was there any tip or words of encouragement or anything that you want to share with the audience before we end this episode? Right. I would like to first share with people, if you want to go back to school, brother, it's for cosmetology, massage therapy, whatever it is. Sometimes don't discuss it with people because people will discourage you. I've interviewed several interests who were excited about coming back to school. And then they got home and talked to somebody and somebody told them, oh, it's COVID going on right now. I wouldn't be going to school for anything. And I'm here to tell you, COVID was a blessing and a curse because I've been busier with hair more than ever because of COVID. Because a lot of people went a long time without getting their hair done. So we're overwhelmed with people who need their hair done. And then a lot of people retire to stop doing hair. So then you just take those misplaced clients who don't have anywhere to go. So just don't share your dreams with everybody. That's my biggest thing I can tell people to, because a lot of stuff I don't tell people. I just work on it. I'm working on a project now that I probably will launch at the end of the year. And only a handful of people know about it. Because when you share your business with people, they try to tell you how it's not going to work. Yeah, they're safe. Like when I did tell a few people I'm opening beauty school, don't you think it's already enough beauty schools? When I opened my salon, all these shops on in Baltimore, Bel Air Road was where I opened. All these shops on Bel Air Road, how you gonna make 